1: Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries so you can become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. Before we start, a quick reminder... While I am a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you notice the content in this podcast triggers some big feelings, visit our website hardnopodcast.com for mental health resources and other helpful links. Thanks, Sarah. Hello and welcome. I am so honored to share Joanna Pavlik with all of our listeners today. Joanna has been instrumental in my fourth postpartum healing journey. She is actually my pelvic floor physical therapist, and I sought out Joanna after being diagnosed with pelvic organ prolapse, which I've mentioned on previous episodes.
0: It's so nice to meet you, Joanna. We've recently discussed a lot about what happens after motherhood, mentally and also physically. We've touched on that a little bit. I'm excited to talk with you more about physical changes. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself in this line of work.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, I started my journey thinking that I wanted to be in the field of pediatrics, Um, and while I absolutely loved working with kids, um, somewhere along the way I was kind of asked to fill a role, to fill the need for pelvic floor physical therapy in the clinic that I was working at at the time, Um, and I took the continuing education courses and kind of just fell in love with this profession and helping serve this kind of group of people that has kind of been overlooked for a while um, and has been kind of taboo to talk about for a long time Um, when you come to think about pelvic floor dysfunction and issues um, a lot of people don't want to talk about it and you can really make a huge change um, because it impacts every part of everyone's daily lives.
1: Well, in what you had just said, I want to highlight is that it has been a taboo topic. And I mm-hmm. think the term pelvic floor has, I've been noticing it more. I don't know if it's because obviously I'm in this space with motherhood, but I feel like it is being talked about more. And I I know that this might sound silly and our listeners can't physically see us, but because pelvic floor isn't talked about enough, can you kind of explain where exactly is your pelvic floor and what exactly does it do?
2: Absolutely. So the pelvic floor muscles are the group of muscles that um, sits within your pelvis at the base of your abdomen. Um, and they actually do a lot of jobs throughout the day. So when people hear the term pelvic floor, they do all those things that you think of, which would be peeing, pooping, and sex, but they also hold a lot of other roles throughout the day. The muscles assist with postural support, they help um, with fluid return, so they help bring lymph back from your legs up to your lymph nodes, Um, and they are also accessory muscles for breathing. So um, when you take a nice deep breath in, Your diaphragm expands and your pelvic floor stretches as well. Um, So if you think about it, the center of your pelvis has a great big hole in the middle. Um, So really the only thing between your organs and the floor are your pelvic floor muscles. So they carry a lot of jobs throughout the day and do a lot of things.
0: Wow. And so what exactly is pelvic floor physical therapy? What, What does a pelvic floor evaluation or treatment plan look like?
2: So a pelvic floor physical therapist is an orthopedic physical therapist, so just like if you were to injure your knee or your shoulder um, and you'd go seek out physical therapy where there's directed exercises and hands-on approach with treating that muscle dysfunction, pelvic floor muscles can have dysfunction as well. So we are treating the dysfunction just as it comes in um, very holistically and individually every person is a little bit different. Um, I can really only speak to how an evaluation or treatment session looks like at my specific clinic. Every single clinic and provider is a little bit differently with how they approach an evaluation or a treatment, but we are very holistic and hands-on with our approach. We like to look at our individual from head to toe. So while we are directly treating pelvic floor, there's lots of connections between all of the surrounding structures. Um, So we will do like a general movement screen. We'll kind of look at how everything is interacting, um, again, especially in those surrounding structures. So if there is dysfunction in the pelvis, oftentimes we've got dysfunctional breathing patterns or we've got pain in our back or our hips Or there's tight fascia. So that's all of that connective tissue that's between your skin and fat and muscle layers. And so we'll look at the fascia and the surrounding structures. So we work a lot on the abdomen and the hips and the legs as well kind of working on the structures that will have an impact on the pelvic floor itself.
1: I'm going to share some personal stuff just so that maybe listeners can understand a little bit more. You know, I when I was diagnosed with the pelvic organ prolapse, I was terrified. Like, I just remember after having Noah, so he was my fourth baby. And again, I've had four kids, I've heard about pelvic floor, And would do, you know, Kegels and, you know, certain things, but I didn't really Mm -hmm. understand enough about it. And so after I had him, him being my fourth baby in five years, a very short amount of time, you know, you have this swelling. I actually did an all natural vaginal delivery, everything was wonderful about 2 weeks after having him and as the swelling was going down I remember you know reaching down there while I was taking a shower and I was just like hmm something feels like it's falling like this does mm-hmm. not seem normal mm-hmm. and I was I was very scared in that moment but then also just kind of like I I was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, what is happening to my body? What is going on? And so I actually was able to call my OB immediately. Of course, he was unable to see me at the time. And they then referred me with someone at main campus Cleveland Clinic, which was really interesting. When I went into that appointment, They had, yeah, it was a visual um, on his, it was like a little device that he showed me an image of what a healthy pelvic floor looked like. Mm -hmm. And then he did measurements for me. And it, it was, again, dumbfounded is the only word that I can say at this point. But he then inserted the measurements into this technology that he was showing me. And he was like, this is the healthy pelvic floor. And here I'm going to enter your numbers and here's what your yours looks like. And literally I saw the drop. Oh, wow. I visually saw the prolapse had sunken down. Mm-hmm. And... I call it the shitty committee that meets in my head. These intrusive thoughts were flooding me and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to be able to have enjoyable sex again. I'm never going to be able to run and exercise and do all of these things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling almost paralyzed in this fear while also, you know, my mom was with me and I have my little newborn with me, so I'm going through all of these emotions and He had said, but listen, it's okay. There's different degrees of pelvic organ prolapse. Um, Mine was not super severe, but it is Mm -hmm. something that he was like, I would encourage you to seek out pelvic floor physical therapy. And so that is how then I reached out to Joanna and I'm so thankful I did. There's another part of me though that I almost wish I would have done it sooner. Had I known then what I know now, I just feel like it's something that possibly, and Joanna, please share your thoughts, could it be preventable?
2: Absolutely. It's um, something that we encourage from before pregnancy, during pregnancy, after, you know, once postpartum, always postpartum. But there's lots of things that we can do and help train individuals on how to properly activate the muscles so that, you know, muscle memory is already there once our bodies go through the traumatic event of childbirth. um, That kind of gives us that leg up so that we're kind of already ahead of the game, Um, especially You know, you go end up seeing your OBGYN after delivery and they show you those pictures and that software. And it's a very scary thing to see. We have seen all of it in all of our training. So, you know, we see like worst case scenarios um, and those pictures are just terrifying (laughs) to look at. But it's not that scary because it is treatable. But there's definitely lots that we can do to help prevent that from becoming an issue in the first place.
0: On the opposite end of that spectrum, um, there are women like me who have gone to the OBGYN. My youngest child's just turned 21. And I have a little bit of prolapse and I've had an issue with that. And it was always downplayed. It was like, yeah, you got a little bit of an issue. Yeah, you might wanna talk to someone about it. It was never an urgent thing. And so being the, (sighs) Recovering people pleaser, doer, 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 taking care of everyone else all the time. I just never have addressed it. And so this conversation is interesting to me because it's, you know, I'm realizing in hindsight, like all the kegels I did, I think I did them wrong. And, um, you know, I've never really addressed this. And so I'm interested, you know, from the older generation <laughs> perspective of like, you know, what can I do at this point? Um, so there's a like a wide spectrum of people, I think, who are affected. And some people may not realize it's something that's fixable at all.
2: Absolutely. And One of the things that we kind of like to say is just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal. If it's not functioning the way that your body is supposed to be functioning, that's considered abnormal, and that's something that we want to be able to address. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just the post-pregnancy that we see these issues. Mm -hmm. With pregnancy, it can kind of speed up the process, and there's that direct trauma. You know exactly what it is that caused the problem. As our bodies age, we have lower estrogen, um, which leads to, you know, differences in our ligament laxity, and there's ligaments helping hold up structures as well. So by giving it muscular support, we help to kind of bring in the extra strings on the team. Um, if you don't have the first string players in the game, you got to bring in all the backups. Um,
1: Well, and as I was doing some research, because of course, Google, as soon as this happened, I was like (laughs) looking up all of these things. And to both of your points, not only is it just postpartum or what your body is going through, but people can develop this by not lifting properly, Mm -hmm. like when they're working out and when they're exercising, maybe doing squats or things, you know, you can develop this. Same with during your menstrual cycle. Sometimes there's things that are happening that if you're not supporting your body the way that it needs, prolapse can worsen during those times. And even um, individuals that are going through menopause, it could be another time where yes, we're, we're functioning with it. It's our normal, that doesn't mean that it's what it should be, but we're able to function with it. But then when certain times of the month or things like that, or excessive exercise, it can be exacerbated.
0: I have a question. Can men have pelvic floor prolapse?
2: So, I guess the answer is yes and no. So, not in the same exact sense. Obviously, when we think of men's pelvic floors, they don't have the same openings that uh, women's pelvic floors do. Right. It is possible to have, you know, organs sitting lower down. There's some things called like a rectocele. So there are different types of organ dysfunctions, but typically it's more associated with women. But there are still chances that, Mm -hmm. you know, men's pelvic floor muscles are not working the way that they're supposed to as well, which leads to just kind of different types of dysfunctions but can be treated very similarly.
1: I also wanted to circle back for a second about just like the initial treatment and what that looks like. Because again, what we're talking about is a very intimate thing. And it can be very intimidating. And again, I'm speaking just from my own experience, but I Mm -hmm. was kind of like, oh my gosh, like, is this individual going to kind of like my OBGYN kind of, you know, I spread my legs, she's going to, you know, help me with things like what is going to happen? And One of the things that I appreciated so much about you, Joanna, is that, you know, you really wanted to get to know me and what I was feeling in my body. You did a beautiful job of explaining before you did anything. You were like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the reasoning why I'm doing this. I was so nervous that I wasn't going to be able to run again and also have pleasurable intercourse with my husband. And so it was You know, because certain topics are taboo, that was a little intimidating to talk to someone I've never met about. Um, But so, can you kind of walk us through some of the questions you asked and how you set the stage for that initial appointment?
2: Obviously, one of the first things that I want to know when you are coming in for physical therapy is, you know, exactly what you're feeling. Is there something that is painful? Is there something? that doesn't feel quite right and then how that impacts your life the things that you feel like it's preventing you from being able to do the things that you feel like your body is preventing you from finding pleasure or finding just normalcy Um, so I like to know specifically to the individual you know what is that is impacting them because again if something is Are normal versus what's considered the overall norm, they don't always necessarily line up. But we wanna make sure that everyone is individually treated. So we're very to the person
1: for that. You said, even though it's common, doesn't mean that it's normal. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and especially during pregnancy, and Heather, I don't know if you can relate to this, but it's like, I just always thought doing like a jumping jack and having like a little bit of leakage or laughing very Mm -hmm. hard or sneezing or coughing that to leak like oh I've had all these babies like that's no big deal and you were like yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that like that Mm -hmm. means that there needs to be something so anyone out there that if you're noticing you know I I'm not able to run a long distance or my bladder control is not what it should be. Right. That would be kind of a red flag. I love the, you know,
0: common does not equal normal. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, we're going to take a short break with Joanna Pavlik and we will be right back.
0: That's a Hard Note is brought to you by Clever Girl Marketing And we're back with Joanna Pavlak. So, Joanna, I wanna kind of circle back to the just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. I don't know about you guys, but I've really noticed a lot of women's undergarment commercials. You know, a lot of depends and a lot of AZO ads and women jumping on trampolines and dancing, wearing adult diapers, basically. And and I feel like women are constantly told Well, you just have to live with it. This is just the way it is now. So I'm really kind of interested to know, you know, is core physical therapy still something like, first of all, we know it's for postpartum women, but is it for women further down the line? And why would people who are not postpartum need your services or what other conditions could be treated with pelvic floor therapy?
2: Back on the topic of that commercial that you were referencing, we see that all (laughs) the time. And it's like, you see someone dancing wearing a protective garment like that should be the goal and that's definitely not what the goal should be the goal should be to not have to rely on something else um other than our own bodies so Mm -hmm. everyone has a pelvic floor not just postpartum women um women men really any gender has a pelvic floor that's something that everyone has in common so anyone who has abdominal weakness, back pain, hip pain, neck pain, um, constipation, frequent or um, urgency with urination. If you've got menstrual cramps, if you're experiencing painful intercourse, leakage of urine or feces, again, the pelvic organ prolapse, um, sciatica, general pelvic pain. And then also I specifically work with men who are pre and post prostate removal surgery, because there's a lot of things that are associated with that, lots of common side effects, again, common, not normal, Mm -hmm. but common side effects that can be associated with that, Um, or diastasis recti, which is the split of abdominal muscles that's often associated with postpartum. Um, So all of those things are able to be treated through pelvic floor physical therapy, so It's not just isolated to postpartum women.
0: So many ailments you list there. I mean, I'm dealing with back and hip issues and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wonder if it's all related. Like that is a long list. It really surprises me.
2: Definitely a long list. Um, But if you think about it, everything is so interconnected that when, you know, one string's not playing the way it's supposed to, all the other ones are going to kind of come in and compensate, which can lead to further muscle dysfunction down the road.
0: Do you think other medical professionals, doctors understand this relationship to the pelvic floor? I mean, are, are they referring people to pelvic floor therapy often enough for some of these things?
2: I think that the ones that are very clearly pelvic floor issues, we definitely get all of the referrals for those, but sometimes it can be missed in things like back pain or, or hip pain or abdominal weakness, things like that aren't always necessarily mm-hmm. prescribed or referred to pelvic floor physical therapy because it's mm-hmm. not necessarily looked at in conjunction. Um, we have what's called our deep core muscles. So it kind of works like a, like a piston or, um, or a canister. So the top of our core is our diaphragm the bottom is the pelvic floor muscles. Across the front, we have our transversus abdominis or our abdominal muscles. And then across our back, we've got all of our back muscles, and they all work extremely close together. So sometimes that relationship is missed when someone's coming for something that's not you know, screaming at you right away, pelvic floor dysfunction.
0: Interesting. Wow.
1: So part of this podcast is we really want to educate and empower people to ensure that they're advocating for themselves in the way that they need to. And Heather, that was a great question that you had asked about if these medical professionals, if they know enough about the pelvic floor to do the referrals. So right. are there any things that, you know, women or men can, can be having conversations, like anything specific, that you would encourage them to talk to their primary care physician or doctor about?
2: So we have kind of like a checklist that we go through that's kind of uh, when to start to seek help. Um, So some of those things are if you are urinating more than eight times within a 24-hour period, if you are going to the bathroom at night, even if you're up for other reasons already. I believe it's under the age of 60. If you're up at all, like even once through the night, that's considered to be an abnormal amount of times to have to void through the night. Um, if you leak even a few drops of urine when you're coughing, sneezing, exercising, laughing really hard, all of those things, Sarah, that you mentioned earlier. Um, if you've got strong urgency, to to use the restroom, like that sudden uncontrollable need. Um, If you feel like you can't empty your bladder all the way, if you have like a feeling of bladder pressure or kind of that uh, that falling out that you've described, um, feeling like there's any pain with sitting, um, the inability to do a uh, Kegel contraction, if you've got menstrual cramping, hip pain, pelvic pain, Um, All of those things are kind of on our checklist for when to start to seek help. Um, A lot of those are specific to women, but a lot of those are applicable to anyone with a pelvic floor.
0: We'll have to put that list on our show notes page to help people.
1: Another thing that I wanted to touch on is that We also talk a lot about mindfulness and breathing. And so I'm curious if you could shed some light into how mindfulness and breathing and, you know, the diaphragm, how that's interconnected with the pelvic floor.
2: Of course. So when we have stress, oftentimes, you know, you think of holding stress in your shoulders or clenching your jaw or your fists. People, think of those things when they're holding tension, but oftentimes we also simultaneously hold tension in our pelvic floor. Um, I was describing the deep core muscles like that canister with the diaphragm and the top and the pelvic floor making up the base. Um, They work together directly. So when we take a nice deep breath in, our diaphragm expands down and out, which then puts pressure down in through our abdominal cavity and has then an effect on the pelvic floor at the base of that canister, also kind of stretching down and out. And then as we exhale, the diaphragm lifts up and the pelvic floor kind of follows suit. When we lift, I feel like a lot of people have a tendency to bear down and kind of breath hold when they're lifting things. And that's another thing that can lead to further dysfunction down the road. But when we're able to correctly train muscles to relax when they need to, we're able to then utilize them to their full capacity. So just like if you think about if you're lifting weights, you're using your bicep muscle to lift a weight. If you're stuck in that top one third of the motion, like your arm is always bent, you're just trying to get that end range over and over and over again, the muscles are never going to be able to work to their full capacity. You're going to kind of be stuck in that tight, shortened range. Whereas if you're able to fully lengthen that muscle, you're able to utilize it correctly. So that breathing, that deep belly breathing, which is one of the first things that I teach pretty much any of my patients that come in, regardless of what it is that they're coming to see me for. um, Once you kind of get the, the belly breathing down, you're able to work on lengthening pelvic floor muscles, stretching out abdominal muscles, getting everything to have its full capacity. And then it also puts us into a parasympathetic mode. It takes us out of fight or flight Mm -hmm. and helps us to kind of come back down and to actually focus on what is impacting our bodies in the
1: moment. I really appreciate you sharing all of that because, again, I'm trained in breath work, Uh but it's so much easier to do when you're not also doing a million things, right? So like when you're sitting in a therapy session or if if you're sitting and you're doing it, it's one thing, but to actually be able to utilize those skills while you're Carrying a car seat or groceries or picking something, um, you know, heavy off the ground or caring for kids or, you know, whatever it is. So bringing your awareness to what that looks like and part of going back to the beginning when we talked about, you know, treatment and, and what some of these sessions look like, those are things that you do. Your daily activities, you practice how can you do that with your breathing And like we like to say, you have to do the reps to strengthen that muscle. And that's very much what you're doing throughout the work in PT.
0: Sarah, you were saying earlier, you wish you'd gone to pelvic floor PT when you were pregnant or before. What can someone who's thinking about getting pregnant or who is pregnant, what can they do to help strengthen their core and kind of prepare or prevent issues later?
2: One of the things that we notice is that we like our patients to come in even before they're pregnant because once you're pregnant, your body can magnify all the issues that are already going on. Mm -hmm. If you have tight hips or you have some type of fascial restriction, the tight hips only get tighter. The fascial restrictions only become more restricted. So we like to make sure that we are starting early, even if it's just you know, a consultation to see kind of where you're starting at, learning the correct movement patterns, learning how to activate the correct core muscles, or how to properly strengthen your gluteal muscles. All those things are things that we can do before you get pregnant, so as to help lessen the magnification of issues during pregnancy. And then during pregnancy, Again, continuing learning how to continue activating the same abdominal and gluteal muscles as your body goes through structural changes, mm-hmm. as your center of gravity changes, as you know, your ligaments become more relaxed because you have changes in your hormone levels, all those things have an impact. And then we can also help to prep pelvic floors for labor and delivery.
0: Mm-hmm
2: proper way to push or the proper way to stretch their tissue before labor and delivery to help prevent tearing. Mm -hmm. All of these things that we can kind of do preventatively to help lessen the recovery time. Wow. That's incredible that you can
0: really help prepare someone that way. Um, What about postpartum? What kinds of recommendations would you have for people who are freshly postpartum and think they have an issue?
2: So my first recommendation would be to find a local pelvic floor PT. <laughs> um, that's going to be my recommendation. Right. Of course. There's plenty that you can find online, but again, everyone's bodies are different. So getting someone who's able to look at you as an individual, I think is the most important. Um, we already went through the list of kind of what to look for, to when to seek help.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but your body's still going through changes with ligament laxity, as your hormones fluctuate, even if you aren't breastfeeding, your body still has lots of hormonal changes. You think of postpartum depression, those hormones are fluctuating like crazy.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And your body's just been through a whole bunch of changes. And it has to learn its new normal where it how to get back to the correct center of gravity. We don't like to use the terminology like having your body bounce back from pregnancy because that just puts unrealistic expectations right and it's not a healthy way to look at it but we do want to help you find a new normal and even if you know you had an unmedicated labor just because your body was able to feel everything that happened doesn't mean that there's you know not a chance that some dysfunction can come out of it so mm-hmm. we always just recommend that you get evaluated by a pelvic floor physical therapist to see how they can help you get back to feeling like yourself.
0: And to your point about reasonable expectations, like I think we talk about this all the time, Sarah, like you have to give yourself some grace, you know, take the time to put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that you can be your best self and be the best parent you can be. So it's, you know, that's the boundary relation. I think here is, you know, setting some time aside, setting a boundary so you can take care of yourself because it's important.
1: And I wish that I would have known that in addition, after having a baby, yes, you wait until that, for some reason, we feel it's this magical six weeks. We go to that appointment with our OB, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing you say, in which I wish I could have told my you know, past self, set up an appointment with a pelvic floor PT in addition as part of your... Your healing and postpartum journey because just that consultation will allow you to know where you're at. So maybe you don't need additional services, Mm -hmm. but maybe you do need a little bit of help to get you back to what you were saying is your baseline.
2: And also we have to be able to train our bodies because being a mother is a very physical job. You think about how many times you are squatting down to pick things up off the floor, how many times you are lifting your child, the stress that's put on your back if you are breastfeeding or even if you're not, if you're holding your child for extended periods of time, lots of stress goes through our back and our neck um, and all of these things have an impact on our body as a whole. So. Strengthening for the job that we have to do. Very functional training.
1: No, and and I love that because it's also weaving back in that – being intuitive, really listening to your body, because I think Mm -hmm. we can ignore some of these things because, yes, they're normalized or this is just something that we've dealt with for so long. But when we're compensating in the wrong ways, it can really lead to impairments. And so just noticing really, you know, checking in with your body and figuring out what, what feels good and what doesn't.
0: This has been such a great conversation. I feel like we could go on for hours. But um, before we go, are there any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Any words of encouragement or advice you'd like to share? And then tell our listeners how they can find you.
2: So in terms of kind of some final words from me is that if you feel like anything is off in your body that doesn't feel like it's supposed to that there are supports available for you. Don't know the exact statistic off the top of my head, but I wanna say that it's one in three people has some type of pelvic floor dysfunction. Wow. If you're experiencing something, you're definitely not alone in that. Um, There are resources available and people who understand what it is that you're going through, at least enough to be able to provide you with some assistance and support. Um, so I am part of a specialized physical therapy clinic called Healthy Core Wellness and Rehab, and we are located in Hudson, Ohio. There are three practitioners um, in my office, and we all have our own office space. It's a very calm environment. We don't like to have fluorescent lighting, and we have you know, some calming scents and music throughout, and everything is very one-on-one. We try to look at the body as a whole and individualize each treatment.
0: Sounds exactly like Sarah's kind of place, the, the whole yes. Zen vibe. I can see why she likes yes. it so much.
1: <laughs> One thing I do just want to add that if you are looking for a pelvic floor physical therapist when you are searching, make sure that they do have the certification in the pelvic floor because there is a difference between regular PT um, physical mm-hmm. therapy versus, yes, the pelvic floor. I also wanted to say that the Healthy Core Wellness, your Instagram, you've been posting a lot of really good information on there. I also, Expecting and Empowered is another Instagram handle that they have wonderful videos and they even have, yeah, they're offering a lot of different um a lot of different things that you can find videos and things like that on ways to support your pelvic floor
0: we'll definitely put all that on our show notes page well thanks again joanna it's been so nice meeting you and talking with you i'm now convinced i'm gonna go i'm gonna do it this this was
1: my plan all along because heather and i have been talking about it it (laughs) and i'm like well once you get to meet joanna yes yes
0: (laughs) So, okay, well, I, this has just been great. And I, I know it'll help a lot of people. I know there's so many people who quietly suffer and think it's just the way it is. And I'm busy taking care of everyone else. And it's time to take care of ourselves.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. And I'm so glad that I was able to come on and, and talk about a little bit of what I do and the whole population that hopefully I can I can help out.
0: Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Visit our website, hardnopodcast.com for this episode's show notes, past episodes, downloadables, and links to resources. Also, you'll find links to each of our websites, clevergirlmarketing.com and purposefulgrowthandwellness.com.
1: Be sure to follow us. We're at Hard no podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please do us a huge favor.
0: If you like what you heard here, please subscribe, rate, and review our
1: podcast wherever you
0: listen so others can find us too.
1: Thanks to our friends and families, our villagers, for listening and your continued support.
0: That's a Hard No is a joint production of Clever Girl Marketing and Purposeful Growth and
1: Wellness. Marketing and Production Coordinator, Mara Del Rosario. Production Support, Evergreen Podcasts, Noah Fouts, Producer. Music by GG Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay.
0: Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life.
1: So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically.
0: and how to be brave.